You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. 55, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is to enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now and enter the free prediction challenge. Answer the questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big plays. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to enter the $55 million Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions apply. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot! All right, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rig Rap Podcast, the Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am joined by my co-host, Kyle. Kyle, good evening to you. Howdy, folks. How are you doing on on this evening? I'm just swell. Had a a nice productive day today. Now I'm uh, chilling out, Max, and relaxing all cool. There you go. There you go. Shouts out, Wolfman. (laughs) Kyle, we had a crazy week of Oilers games, and we are officially 500 again. Woo! Yeah! And and at the time we were recording this, the Oilers are on a three-game win streak. Yeah. Big plays. First win streak of the season. So, I mean, let's talk about it then, because, I mean, listen, I can't control my excitement to talk about this 8-5 Ottawa game. A bit of a barn burner, but this was an interesting game going in no matter what. Uh, when we talked about this on the last podcast, we already knew that, um, I believe we already knew that Shane Starrett was going to be the starter for that one. Um, it was going to be his first NHL start, and we were we were interested. Shabbat was also not in this one as well, so you know there, there were definitely some things. It was interesting because I think I saw it was like, we're starting a rookie goaltender, and both teams are missing like their top two defensemen. Yeah. Um, in this one so it should be an interesting game and basically right off the bat eight seconds in Dominic Cahoon scores off of just a bad bounce for for the Senators and then Matt Murray uh, decided to just crap the bed Um, within the first 10 minutes of the game the Oilers go up three nothing really quick the Sens though I mean and what made me make my prediction at the beginning of the season that the Sens were going to make the playoffs which I would like to say is probably my coldest take of all time now. Um, (laughs) 
they I don't think they're gonna do it. <laughs> I don't think I don't it's think they're gonna do it. Probable. It's no. not probable. No. And just just watching these couple games, like you can tell, like I don't know, they reminded me a lot of the decade of darkness Oilers. They've got like a lot of solid high rank prospects that they're trying to develop and that sort of stuff. You know, they're bringing in veterans and that sort of stuff to try and just plug holes and that sort of stuff. They they play hard, but there's just like a lot missing to be a, yeah. a really competitive team against other teams. And then also the Oilers have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl who just ran amok in this game. Like they are, they, they, I mean, that's the thing is like they're, they play when they play like teams yeah. like Ottawa and some of those other lower in the standings teams, like they're playing on a completely other level. They don't care. It's points night for them. Um, also, I mean, eleven that night, right? I mean, so it's an eight-five win by the Oilers, and the thing is, Drysdale and McDavid only play together on the power play right now, which is great. Yeah. Speaking of the power play, the Oilers' power play went four for five in this one. Um, they didn't score on their last one when they were already up, I think, eight-three. But at one point in the game, they were four for four. Uh, the power play has really came alive. Tyson Berry scored his first of the season and first as an Oiler on the power play as well. And from a hockey fan and like, you know, the league is really trying to promote goals and goal scoring yeah. to make it more exciting. This was such a fun game to watch, Kyle. Uh, how are you? How do you feel about it? So, so it's one of those games you said, here's an absolute game to watch. Those are, that, that's a fan's game. Every coach in the league hates a game like that. Every goalie will also hate that. Every goalie also hates that game. It's, you know, sitting on the bench, they're looking at it. It doesn't matter. Even if you're winning, the coaches are still like, "Mm." but everybody in the stands, not that there's anybody in the stands this this year, but everybody that's watching that game is like, oh, this is so much fun. When are they going to score again? Are they going to do it again? Are they going to, oh, they're doing it again. There so. were some there were some beauties. I will say Matt Murray didn't really help the Senators at all when he was in net. I felt bad for uh, Hoberg when he was eventually put in net <laughs> and then yeah. they shelled him for another five. Uh, but, you know, I thought once Hoberg got in, they, they gave he at least gave an effort. Um, and then on the flip side of that, Shane Starrett uh, or no, sorry, Stuart Skinner. Stuart, Stuart yeah. Skinner gets his first NHL win ever which is awesome yeah. to see um, in the post game. You know, they were talking about it. They were like, well, how did you feel? Like, obviously you, you were nervous there for a little bit. And you can definitely tell the first few goals that went in rattled him a little bit. Like he definitely was, yeah. was, was nervous, but I mean, the senators have, like I said, they've got talent. So they, uh, they went two for five on their own power play. Some of them were absolute lasers and that sort of stuff. Um, Stutzel's goal was pretty. Stutzel's goal was an absolute snipe. Um, you can see why he's going to be really good and why everyone's really excited for him. But you know, I, I but Stutzel and is a big reason why the Ottawa Senators sort of remind me of that the old the Oilers of old, right? Because they've got you can just see the frustration on his face because he has been the best player no matter where he's played, and yeah. now he's playing in in a new league uh, as a young kid versus yeah. grown men and on the Ottawa Senators. And it's just like losing is tough. Like he's a great player. He's had, he, he's had some great games. Like he scored in two games. Now he even scored in the next game. We're going to talk about here. Um, right. Versus right. The Oilers. But you know, you can just see the frustration on his face when he gets rubbed off of pucks or he doesn't have any support in the offensive zone from his teammates and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, like you said, he, you know, he was the best player wherever he played and, 
it's like I, I have this conversation with people all the time. It, it doesn't matter what sport it is. It's like, uh, you know, you are the best guy on your high school team or your junior's team. <clears throat> You're the best guy in the whole league. Now every league is combining, and now there's eight best guys. And then the next league you go up to, there's 30 best guys. And then, you know, then, now you're in the show and fourth line grinders were 200 point scorers in one season in juniors. You know what I mean? It, it's so these guys are gross when you show up because like you said, you're, he's got to be what, he's what, 18, 19 maybe. Mm-hmm. And he's playing with 40 year old men that are labeling him, you know? Um, and it's not his fault. And he, you know, he shows up and really doesn't have much help. And I agree. You, you can definitely see it on his face. It's like, Oh my God, if only there was a little help right there or a little help right there. I think it might suck for him a little more <laughs> before it gets better, but the Oilers are getting better after their Oilers of old age, you know, they're better and better every year. So I think it's just kind of one of those things you got to follow the cycles. And uh, like you mentioned in this game, McDavid and Dryside will put up a combined 11 points in this one. Um, McDavid put up a goal and four assists for his first five-point night of the season and sixth in his career, which is just ridiculous. And Dreisaitl put up six apples. You thought apples weren't in season till you know, the autumn? Mm-mm, they're in season right now. January, he put up six in one game. He is the first Edmonton Oiler to do that since Wayne Gretzky did it in 1987. Uh, Wayne Gretzky also did that six times in his career, I believe. So uh, Wayne Gretzky also holds the most records for assists in a game with seven. But the first Oiler to do it since Wayne and the first player in the actual NHL to do it since Lindros did it in 1997. That's a good company to be in right there. That is, yeah, it's incredible. That is incredible. The Oilers are so blessed. I mean, and that's why we get so frustrated when they, when they lose games because we just have like just such forces of nature on the offensive side of the puck in these two guys yeah. that it it's just a joy to watch. And like like we said, the coaches probably didn't enjoy this one. I did get a little nervous, you know. They they did score a couple at the end there to to bring yeah. it within three, but some of that's just score effects and that sort of stuff. So I had a great time watching this game and. We both were a little off on the conservative 2-1 prediction, but a little? we'll both take the one point for the Oilers win. So right now, before we get to the next one, we're sitting at a score of 4-1. to one. And uh, let me just check on these prop bets, see if no, we I hit. Point. You gave me a point last week. 4-2, four 4-2, to two. Four to two, I apologize. Cut that lead in half. Nice. And uh, we didn't make any prop bets on this game, but we did make no. some prop bets in the next game. So we'll get to those. So it is now 4-2. to two. So then moving right along to the second game, this was another game versus the Ottawa Senators, the second of the season in this season series. The Ottawa Senators, I believe at this point, have lost nine games in a row or eight games in a row because uh, they won their very first game of the season and haven't won since. Yeah. So we knew that they, going into this one and listening to the, the pregame and all that stuff from Tippett and all that, like they knew that they were going to be desperate because the Oilers have been in this situation before as well. So they knew that this is going to be a desperate team. Luckily, we got Koskinen back in net. Uh, Bouchard is going to made his NHL uh, start on this one. Not NHL debut, but he did get his first game really since I think 2018 um, yeah. when we drafted him. To be honest, I thought Bouchard looked 
really good, really solid. He played with Russell. And this was just, this was probably one of the most solid Oilers games we've seen just in a, from a defensive standpoint and a team standpoint. Like I really noticed that a lot of their passing just all over the ice, offensive zone, neutral zone, defensive zone was a lot crisper. Um, Like they just, you can tell they're getting more comfortable with each other and they really made at least an effort in this game. And they really locked it down because like for a, there was a point we were about halfway through the second period and the Sens, I think barely had 10 shots on net. Like the Oilers really, really played a solid game. And the biggest story coming out of this one is everyone in the pool. Jesse Pugliarvi scores two goals on this one. (laughs) It was a pool party and a half. I was wearing my swimming trunks and floaties. Were you always, I keep them on deck. And his first goal was a beauty. His second one was a tip in front from Bouchard, who gets his first point and first NHL assist as well on this one. And the Oilers win 4-2. A really, really solid game from the Oilers. I was really pleased just everywhere in this one. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl both keeping their point streaks alive. Uh, it, It was just a really, really good game. And I was really pleased with what I saw in the Oilers in this one. Yeah. Conversely to the 8-5 win, this is a game that coaches like to see, you know, um, especially Dave Tippett should, should really be excited about, um, you know, a, a real nice team effort, um, all around good play, hard defensive game, you know, good you know, forechecking and everything, just, just keeping the shots down, good overall game. And that's the way you like to see it. Brings and it up to three game win streaks. Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry are starting to starting to click together as well. Tyson Berry yep. in the last couple of games, I'd say since that last win uh, versus the Leafs, he's turned into uh, basically exactly the player as the Oilers signed him to be, uh, which yep. he wasn't really looking like in the first couple of games. So that was really good to see. I think he's up to eight or nine points now on the season, just in the last like four or five games. It's good to see that. You know, it's nice to see you guys, especially you signed Tyson Berry. You know expecting him to be not necessarily the guy because you got a couple guys like that, but certainly a high guy on your on your, your defense. And so you signed him, and it's nice to see him sink back into his shoes and play the way he's, he's supposed to play, I should say. And so then that brings us caught up to present day. The Oilers are now at an even 500 at 6-6. Six and six. They are, I believe, right now in the playoff picture uh, at the way things sit uh, right above the flames there. Um, obviously we're still really early in the season, but you know, like we're not behind anymore. You know, we're not in a hole. We're not trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. And now we can sort of work on, you know, maybe building a tower or making some separation between some, some of the other, other teams here in this division. So I'm excited for it. And, uh, then if we look at the scores here, we actually both did pretty well in this game. You hit the score. In regulation and the win, you get the full three points. And you almost, you almost brought home in the first episode that we instituted the prop bets and this, this whole little game system. You almost walked away with all four, four points in our first, first game here, because at the very end, Brady Kachuk almost fought, almost fought Zach Cassian. I wouldn't be surprised if they fight maybe, or there's, there's some words or there's some more bad blood that brews between them and just the Oilers. Cause it definitely got chippy at the end. And this was definitely a chippier game as well. But with that, I hit on the Pugliarvi prop bet and at least got the point for the win. Um, so I'll pick up two points from this one, bringing me up to six 
you collect the three and you are now just one point behind me at a six to five in our prediction challenge. Big fan there, picking up a whole bunch of points. Really putting me back into perspective here. You were doubting yourself. You were doubting yourself there, buddy. You uh, you didn't think you could came through and you came through with a, a full three points on this one. That was a big, big night for you, huh? You know, listen, Oilers strung together three, three dubs. Uh, I strung together one big three-point night. Hey, this is, this is a theme that's going to continue. I feel it in my bones. Uh, previously, I had felt otherwise, but I'm back in. I'm jazzed. I'm juiced. Ready to go. Hey, like I said, I gave you that one point at the end of last episode. You know, you got that first point out of the way, and now, now you might be rolling. Now I'm flowing. So then looking ahead to the next game ahead, we've actually only got one game in between this episode and the next episode. However, it is the first installment of this season's Battle of Alberta. And we've talked a little bit already about how legendary this game is. Like we all remember the goalie fight and just the incredible series. Just every Battle of Alberta game last season seemed so much fun. And, you know, they've just been ratcheting up in heat as the Oilers have gotten a lot better. You know, the, the, the Flames have also gotten a lot better. They brought in Markstrom this season. So there's there's going to be a lot of interesting components because, you know, now the Oilers are playing the ex-Canucks and the Flames. I'm very excited. So there's only one game between this pod and next pod. But, hey, it is the game. So I'm definitely going to clear my schedule there to make sure I'm watching that one the whole way through. Really looking forward to some fireworks. Maybe see my favorite part of the game, a little scrap. You know, love going to a hockey game, boxing match breaks out. But we'll see. Maybe maybe one of the other, maybe one of the other Chucks, that Matthew kid, he likes to get himself into some trouble. The worst uh, of them. Yes, the worst, certainly. But, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm excited. Does your excitement give me a prediction for the what the score might be? I'm going to say there's not a lot of pucks in the back of the net because there's way too much going on. I say not a lot, but I guess in theory. I'm going to go 3-2 overtime win. See, I was also feeling the OT win as well. I was, I was feeling, you know, the Oilers have definitely run away with some Battle of Albertas and that sort of stuff. Because one, ba- one of the Battle of Albertas last season, like they won 7-3. But all the other ones I felt were relatively close. It was back and forth. Um, I think yeah. the Oilers did end up in, with last season's series edge um, last season. First game of the season. I don't know. McDavid just goes nuclear anytime he plays the Flames. So, you know what? Well, I'm going to say a... A 5-2 regulation win for the boys. Love it. Keep the streak alive. Yeah, I think I, I think overtime's only fitting. Just the sheer nature of the game. It, it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be hard fought. You know, if, if both goalies are feeling hot, 3-2. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling. See, I, I actively try and avoid watching any Flames highlights uh, during the week as I'm watching highlights from the other games. So to be honest, I don't really know how well the Flames are playing. Um, we actually might have to maybe, and this isn't a teaser, but I'm thinking about it. We might have to get one of the, one of the flames guys on the podcast this weekend, uh, to talk about it before the, before the next game, that, that might be what we have to do. Really. I know the flames have been sort of struggling. They've been off and on. They've had some decent, decent tilts with uh, the Winnipeg jets this season. Johnny Gaudreau had that nasty shootout goal the other night, but that's really all I know about the flames. And so I, I will be interested to see what this iteration of the Flames looks like against the this this version of the Oilers. Yeah, they're probably a little hit or miss this season, but honestly, rivalries like that doesn't really matter how good one team is, how bad the other team is. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be ruthless. And does your gut give you on anything maybe specific you want to try and try and get some extra points on? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a wild limb, like you said. I like Mick wild Jesus, limbs. Mick Jesus goes nuclear. Okay. He pots all three. A Mick D hat trick. We absolutely love to see it, Kai. We love to see it. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for. Mm, here's one. Okay. Our defense scores two of our five. Ooh. So I'll say I'll say two goals from the D. Nice. Alrighty. Well, we are going to take a brief break now. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a second to listen to the sultry sounds of Tom Franklin of the Blue Notes. Hi there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. And we're also your home for the best blues analysis. Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play. And and that's what people need to understand. And, you know, they're going to look at it and say, oh, well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. Felt like Newport was ready to go into this offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're going to play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha Commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie-level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what, I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my prices right off this fuck it um, <laughs> voted the best podcast by our peers in the hockey podcast network follow tom and wags on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod and be sure to subscribe to blue notes wherever you get your podcast from this is tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle all righty and we are back welcome back um, we are going to move along to the last segment of this week's podcast. Uh, we're going to be going over some NHL news as well as our top play from this week. And I think we should start off probably with our biggest piece of news from the NHL season, the biggest controversy so far. Tony D'Angelo was placed on waivers. I, When I first saw it on Twitter, I just thought it was... One of those waiver things, you know, just with COVID in the taxi squad, you know, people are bouncing back and forth between waivers, not necessarily because, you know, the team's actually trying to lose them, but just because they're trying to give a little bit of flexibility, bringing people back and forth between the taxi squad and the regular squad. So I just figured the New York Rangers were trying to do some kind of some kind of taxi squad maneuver. Uh, and then I started reading about it and I started to see what was coming out on Twitter. Um, and first, I got to say, you shouldn't believe everything 
you read on Twitter because I read a bunch of different stuff. And Tony D'Angelo doesn't have the cleanest of pass in the sense of just respect and and sort of uh, that sort of thing. And so I he definitely there were some there were some red flags that the the New York Rangers already knew about with him. Um, unfortunately, I guess they lost the game versus the Penguins. Crosby scored an overtime, which we talked about in the last podcast. It was during that game they score on Georgiev. Georgiev sitting there, kind of disappointed, and then I guess. D'Angelo said something to him and then Georgiev and D'Angelo got in a fight, which was then broken up by Chris Kreider. And that was the last straw. I mean, Tony D'Angelo came, like I said, came to the Rangers with a couple of red flags already, a couple of concerns from them on the, the teammate and actual good human being side of things, not necessarily playing hockey because he was fourth or fifth in defense scoring last season. So he's a good yeah. hockey player. It just seems like Maybe not, maybe not the best of person. He cleared waivers, so no one else picked him up. And it sounds like the Rangers don't even really want him playing with their prospects either. So I listened to Elliot Friedman and the 31 Thoughts podcast on it. Really, all he said is, you know, there's a couple things. They could look at maybe buying out the contract. And since he is below the age of, he's not 22 yet, the buyout penalty instead of being two-thirds of the contract is only one-third of the contract so the rangers wouldn't necessarily have to pay as much money as well um which they could do they could also just have him sit out or they could both mutually like if d'angelo wanted to try and play in europe they could both mutually um terminate his contract as well which he just signed a, a new contract with the rangers as well so kind of a crazy situation um Anytime you hear about teammates getting in fights and that sort of stuff. I mean, you saw it with the blues last season uh, or a couple seasons ago. I think it was, that was more of a just frustration with how bad they were doing in the standings. Right. Right. It's more of a, more of a character fight. I don't know. Like I get chirping your own team, but like directly after an overtime loss, chirping your own goalie. I don't know. It just probably not a smart move. I don't know. There's not much to say about this, but it's pretty big news. So, so I read up on it a little bit and um from what i saw it seemed that the crosby goal was due to a miscommunication between the two between d'angelo and georgiev yeah georgiev gave the puck away behind the net before the penguins had control in their zone for a decent amount of time right right you know that's one of those things that you can kind of understand both sides being frustrated there you know georgiev and and d'angelo but i mean you, you can't chirp or scrap at all with anybody's goalie much less your own like Especially a guy that young, it doesn't matter if the goalie is good, bad, young, old. It doesn't matter. You, you can't you can't mess with your own goalie that bad, especially right after a loss in the tunnel. Not yeah, they weren't even in the dressing room yet, man. Like they, they weren't even in the dressing room yet. Like you're still yeah. in your pads. Like come on, yeah. give it a second. Like I don't know. Like like again, like I get chirping your own team, and hey, maybe you can even chirp your goalie about it. You know, the next day. Yeah, but like, oh, oh, right. But like, like don't give it away next but like time. Two you know? minutes after you've lost a game yeah. in overtime, you're, you're not you're, even in you're, the locker room yet. That your goalie, and I'd like to say, Georgiev played well that game. And I mean, that's that's your guy. You know, what I mean, you can't don't rip his confidence right after or something like that. You know, I'm not surprised to see Chris Kreider step in. Allegedly, there was a little fisticuffs going on. Um, unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Because originally I had read that Kreider had clocked D'Angelo. Decked him straight yeah. in the face. Just that's, like, so just that's like what I had read. Yeah. However, after since listening to Elliot Friedman, and I'd say probably Elliot Friedman is probably the, the best source of information on this because yeah. we're not going to know anything else other than what he tells us really um, or what yeah. the New York Rangers tell us. And the New York Rangers aren't really saying anything. All right. we've gotten from him is that there was a bit of a scuffle 
between Georgiev and D'Angelo. So I'm guessing yeah, so- D'Angelo said something, Georgiev got mad, and they probably started shoving each other and yelling at each other. And then Kreider probably broke them up or restrained one of them or something like that. I don't know. It's yeah. a crazy situation. I mean, it sounds like the Rangers are ready to move on. Um, it's unfortunate because, like I said, D'Angelo yeah, so it's, it's pretty good, good hockey, hockey player. Good hockey yeah. player for him. So, I mean, they're definitely probably not happy to lose the hockey player asset, but I yeah. definitely don't think they are too sad to part ways with the man himself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's not much else to say about it, but I definitely thought we should talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, So then moving on to, uh, I guess the really only other piece of news I have here before we get to our plays of the episode is the NHL released its stars of the month for January. And I would like to expel really any of the other ones not named McDavid and put Dreisaitl in there because it's just really a shame that they can only name one from each division because, yeah. listen, Connor McDavid is obviously the star from the North Division, but, like, come on, you're telling me Dreisaitl, who's, like, two points behind the dude, he had six assists in one game that, in the last week, and he's number two in NHL scoring. You can't, you can't somehow fit him in there. Whatever, whatever. But from the West Division... Anze Kopitar uh, was named the star, which surprised the hell out of me. I, I have been keeping zero tabs on the LA Kings, to be perfectly honest. But he's got a goal and 11 assists for 12 points in eight games. So, respectable. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Anze Kopitar always been a, a, a pretty good hockey player. Definitely on, definitely on the top of most people's list. Not, not necessarily as of late as much. But I would agree it surprised me a little bit to see him show up that big. Usually he, he's one of those guys that a, a Selkie mentioned, not necessarily a Hart mention, if you would with that analogy. But, you know, good for good for him staying up with it even after a couple of iffy years. So before we talk about the other three, have you noticed that it's it's harder to keep track of the the other divisions now? Yeah. Just with the yeah. Cause like I feel like I'm missing a lot of, of games and like, just nuance from, from around the rest of the league. And I'm really only keeping track on a couple of, of my teams that I normally keep an eye on. And obviously the North division. Yeah. So I think the way the season's set up, it's hard to watch anything. That's not one in your area. Well, it's honestly hard to watch any of the games at all. So, so at least here, you know, I know the, the channel the lightning are played on there. That channel is now only provided by one actual legitimate provider um, in Spectrum and then AT&T TV. So that's the only place you can get it. If you don't have either of those providers, you can't watch that game. And, and you know, you can watch whatever is nationally televised. And sometimes I'll throw them on, but it's a lot harder to watch games. I was excited when I saw the schedule. You know, it's like 115 days, um, including the playoffs. It's like 115 consecutive days of hockey or something like that. And, you know, some of these some of these days have, 13 games on in one day you know those days that's something i'd like to sit down and watch every game you know i'll sit if it's a saturday you know sit down crack a couple cold ones and and watch you know get into some hockey but it's it's a lot harder to watch any of these games than it should be i think they should have done something um you know maybe like a a special pricing for the season or something like that it's short to just to watch the games but also fun tidbit that i thought they really messed up on they should have played these games. There's no fans in the stands, so you can guarantee it here 100% what all of these guys are saying, and that's why they're pumping in the fan noise when you're watching the games. 
I think they should have sold a separate channel to where you watch the uncut, unedited, and listen to what they're saying on the ice. I think that would be so entertaining as a fan. I think I I I would love to hear that. And and this isn't the first time I've thought about it or had this conversation with someone. But I just think there's too much of a liability issue yeah. with the NHL because like you don't know what they're gonna say on the ice no. or to each other. Like no. Like, like, listen, there, there's cursing, right? And people be like, okay, well, I'm like, I'm paying for it. So I know it's going to be like a little bit more mature content, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you, you know, I, like, I, yeah. I know what well, I've I said agree. to people on the ice before. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I just got to like, I'm like, man, do I really like, would you really want other people to, you know, other I, than I the person? I definitely had my fair share of uh, questionable chirps that I'm glad uh, just that guy and, and the rest of my locker room heard. <laughs> but. But um, I agree. I, I, I understand why they didn't do it. But, oh, they missed out on such a big opportunity. They could have made so much money. I'd pay for that. I'd pay double for that, dude. That'd be, that would add an extra level of just mm, mwah, chef's kiss. So then get, getting back on topic, though. Uh, Sorry. We, got, we got JVR <laughs> as the other, one of the other players of the month from the East. He's got five goals, eight assists for 13 points in 10 games for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, but then we've got Joe Pavelski from the Central, uh, who's got five goals and five assists in 10, for 10 points in six games played. Uh, the Dallas Stars, just in general, are off to a pretty hot start. Pretty good start, yeah. Um, that's one thing I have noticed, though. Um, and then, obviously, Connor McDavid from the North, eight goals, 14 assists, 22 points in 11 games. He is averaging two points a game right now. That's gross. Him and Dreisaitl are both on pace to very much break 100 points in 53, 56 games. Yeah, it's amazing. It just just watching stuff, watching them play, is getting the, having the pleasure of just watching these guys play is, is awesome. And, and they are just ramping it up hard um you know obviously it helps when you have a couple games like uh, the ottawa game the other night where it's you know eight to three and (laughs) they both have stupid point nights but i think it's kind of expected for mcdavid to be the star from the north division yeah not that it's much pressure for him because he kind of just shows up and is gross every night but it's good to see that And, and you know it's also good to know that if it wasn't McDavid, it was probably dry cycle. So, yeah, well, I mean, it's funny. Cause like, cause like I'm telling you that the point totals here and how many games played and they're all like above a point per game, like really respectable, like really good point totals for everyone. And then you get to McDavid and it's just, again, it's just another level. And yeah, it's, it's two point, it's two points a game, which is unheard of. Alrighty. And so that'll bring us to our last bit of the episode. We've got our plays of the episode. So Kyle, would you like to start? Uh, I would actually. Uh, All right, what um, what impressed so, you this week? Sadly enough, it didn't work. But Crosby tried to backhand Michigan. Oh, dude, it was close too. It wasn't even like he messed up the the pickup. He hit short. Uh, he hit short. Like he hit the side of the net. He I, didn't really I like hit the playing, goalie or anything. I think they played the Rangers, and I think Georgiev just just snuffed it out. Like he he literally just just ate the post, you know. And, and so there really wasn't room for him to go. But wow, that was pretty. It was impressive to watch. It's Crosby still does Crosby. There's 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 no getting around it. It's just him and McDavid are on the, are on a similar wavelength where it's just like, oh, they're gonna do something. They're gonna do something cool. Well, just like he's his, gonna his, do something good. The decision making, because like he pulls up behind the net 
and then looks and realizes he doesn't have a pass. And then in a split second, the puck is off the ice on his backhand on his stick. Like he's like, okay, yeah. that's, I have nothing else. Here we go. And then just yeah. does it. And you're like, are you, you just, you just have that. You're just sitting on that skill. Just, just chilling. Yeah. Waiting to use that. Well, and so like, you know, I show up to my beer league and I mess around in warmups and I do it, you know, I, I I've gotten it actually pretty down pat. I, I can pull the regular one. As long as my stick is dry, I can, I can get it up off, off the ice. You know, whether I can keep it on the stick and get it all the way around is hit or miss, but I've tried to try that. I, I've tried that backhand before. You can't do it. You, you can kind of, you can see it start to go and then it just doesn't go. So difficult to do something like that, and then to pull it off in the middle of an NHL game, and and, and make it work almost ridiculous. That that is, a, that, ridiculous. is a, that is a good play. I debated on whether or not I should pick that one myself, but uh, I decided to stick. You know, it didn't work. Amazing play, but I, I decided decided to go a different direction. And my play of the episode is going to go to Alexander Texier of the Columbus Blue Jackets as he scored the one-handed pool cue. Did you choose that one from last episode? Uh, no, I didn't. I had uh, Brent Burns last episode, I think. That's what you did. Okay, perfect. All right, we're not doubling up then. Yeah, so Alexander Texier is going to be my, uh, my my play of the episode because that was I, a filthy shootout move. Well. Yeah. I, well, and, and uh, the best part about it was he did it so slick. He was just kind of like, whoop. And then just made it happen. Like, who are they playing? He did it to Panthers. Nash. The Panthers. The Panthers. The Panthers. So it was Bob. No, I, I think it was. I think it was a uh, Drager. Oh, okay. But still, I mean, I mean, he comes in, and then, and you know, that goalie's looking at him like, all right, there's more, there's more, there's more, and then there was just no more, and he just popped it in. Pretty move. Very, very intelligent move. That kid's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. And you've actually started. I've actually started to see that that one-handed little pool cue poke. Um, yeah yeah from other players like it, it's one of those things it's like once the innovation is made or other people start to see that move right then everyone's like oh I, that kind of that's kind of nice i, I kind of like yeah. that and then, then you start to see it a little bit more often as well so uh, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see like all the all the pavel barber dangles and stuff like that like yeah. you're starting to see bits and pieces of them make it to the nhl and not just on like practice ice and right like, NHL players trying to pull off Pavel Barber moves and NHL and like we're getting close to like video game territory here. Yeah. Some of the stuff these people are trying. So like the, the pool cue one, it takes a certain level of thought. I don't even know. I mean, obviously there's skill involved with it, but I don't think it's one of the harder moves, but it is very impressive because it's one of those things where it's like, it's slick. It's like a sleight of hand kind of deal. Like when you pull it to your backhand, instead of pulling it back to your forehand or, or either, either way, when you pull it to that offside, you make it look like you're going back and then you just leave your one arm on the stick and pop it. And, and so I think it's it's just kind of cheeky, but it's it's cool to see all, all the guys that have told you your entire life, oh, skill moves like that don't work. Skill moves like that don't work. And now these guys are like, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that that little pool cue move is one of those moves that like either works spectacularly or you or get to the, or you get to the bench and your coach is like, what the heck was that? Like, what yeah. was that? Right. Because well, if, just like, if the goalie read that right, you've now just given him a muffin with no power right along the ice. Like it's going to hit him and just go bink and bounce yeah. off him. Like, like you, it looked like you made no effort on your shot or you lost the handle, right? That, but you pull right. it off. It looks incredible. You mess it up and you, you look just so dumb. Yeah, it's just like when, when Kucherov was doing the no-move move for, for a hot tick, and I think he pulled it off like three times, and then he just stopped doing it. He was like, oh, it's it's too noticeable now. 
everybody thinks I'm going to do it. But it's just some of those moves is like, you try something like that. If it works, cool. If it doesn't, like you said, you're going to get reamed when you get back to the bench. And even think like the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right? If he messes that move up, you know Tortorella is going to oh. tear him a new one. In well, the shootout? What a, what a ballsy play by a guy that young. You know, Texier is fairly new in the league. With John Tortorella as your coach, that is a ballsy move. I mean, I mean, very impressive. All righty. Well, Kyle, you, you got anything left uh, for this episode before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. Excited for the Battle of Alberta. I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll tune into that one for sure. All righty, folks. Well, that is going to do it for episode six of the Rig Rats podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. We are having a blast uh, making these episodes. Um, be sure to follow this podcast on Twitter so you can hear me yell about all things Oilers during the games. And then eventually I'll fall asleep because the games start so late these days. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. That's really good. You should also follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter at hockey pod net. Um, they've got a lot of cool giveaways and just good to keep up to date with, um, you know, when all the shows come out and all the other cool contests and stuff we do um, on the network. Uh, you should also go ahead and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple podcast, SoundCloud, wherever you guys are listening to your podcasts, you should subscribe, go ahead, like comment and helps out a great deal. And we will talk to everyone in the next one. And let's go Oilers. Let's go Oily boys.